Hello, friends and church leaders. We are Becky and Carrie Holton, and we welcome you to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. With this episode, we are beginning a new series entitled Finding Your Purpose in the Body of Christ. That's right. In this podcast series, we want to talk about giftedness in the church, how to identify your gifts and calling, how to increase the number of volunteers who serve in your church, the need for every church to have what we might call an HR department, and several more topics related to Christians, their God-given gifts, and how to encourage Christians to use those gifts in the Lord's service. Boy, you said a mouthful there. I did. I need to take a deep breath right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really hope this series helps church leaders who are looking to increase the number of volunteer servants in their church. That's right. What we hear and have experienced is that involvement in many churches can be characterized by what we call the 80-20 rule. I know that our listeners are familiar with that rule. Mm-hmm. That is, 20% of the church members are doing 80% of the of the work. Right, and where that is the case, in churches where there is the 80-20 rule ongoing, some people have been... They're just being overworked while others are not using their gifts at all, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yes. That and, and by the way, we've heard it's a little, volunteerism is a little worse post-pandemic, yes, too. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. And that means that the church and the work of the church, it, it just suffers. A church is just not as healthy as it can be when two out of every ten members are doing most of the work. And you know when eight out of every ten members are primarily just pew sitters and watching what's going on rather than getting involved and personally invested in the work of the church, well, that's not a good picture. That's You're not so a good right. plan. So right. So hon, where do we want to start? Okay. Well, why don't we start with the title of this series, Finding Your Purpose in the Body of Christ. Okay. Let's just begin by acknowledging that we all, each one of us, has a purpose in the church. Each one of us has a role to fill. Mm -hmm. Each one of us has a calling, if you will. And in later episodes, we want to talk about how to identify your calling or how to identify your role in the church. You know, this reminds me of one of the most basic questions most of us ask ourselves at some point in our life or multiple times in our life, and that is the question, why am I here? That's one of the big questions of life. Yes. And don't we all wonder why we are here if we have a purpose in life? I remember a USA Today poll uh, a number of years ago, and the question was, what would you ask God if you could get a direct and immediate answer? And by far, you know what it was? Tell me. The number one response was, what's my purpose here? Oh, Isn't that fascinating? That is so interesting. Yes. Well, you know, honey, I don't know how a person lives a satisfactory life without having a meaningful purpose for their lives. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, I really don't. I think this is something every human being needs, a reason to live, a meaningful purpose in life. Well, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Well, it's hard enough to get out of bed in the morning without a purpose. Yes, it is. Exactly (laughs) right. (laughs) Well, finding and having a meaningful purpose has many benefits. It makes a person more productive. Mm -hmm. It gives him or her direction on how to make the best use of time. It keeps a person from drifting along, doing meaningless tasks that don't really count for anything important. Well, it provides clarity on priorities. And I'm sure our listeners could name other benefits from having a meaningful purpose in life. 
Well, what would you say is the life purpose of a follower of Jesus? I think I think there are probably lots of scriptures which indicate that the very general purpose of a child of God is to glorify God. I mean, yes, we absolutely. can think of a lot of purposes, but what would you say is the general one? I think you're right on target there. I sure do. Well, I'm thinking of that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that says, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And then there's another passage in 1 Corinthians in chapter 6. It says, for you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm thinking of Ephesians chapter 1, where three times, I think, Paul says we should live to the praise of God's glory. And and I'm also thinking of something that Jesus said, too. Remember a few lines from his prayer in John 17? He prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. And then he makes this remarkable statement in his prayer. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. I just think that's a wonderful statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if every Christ follower could make that last statement? I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Yes. That verse makes me wonder if just as God gave Jesus work to do, he has given each one of us work to do, don't you think? A role to fill? Absolutely. Well, you know what we believe is the answer to that question. Yes. Yeah, God has given to us all work to do and a meaningful purpose to fulfill. And just here, let's get more specific. Now, we have mentioned that, in general, the purpose of every child of God is to glorify God by what we do and say. But let's talk more about the church, the community of faith of which each of us is a part. Does each of us have a more specific purpose in the body of Christ, in our faith community? Do each of us have a role to fill in that body? Well, I think the answer to that question must be a resounding yes. I think it probably goes without saying that God wants each one of us to be active in his kingdom, to serve him and others. He does not want us just to be spectators, pew sitters. He wants us to find our purpose in the body and then get after it. Okay, good, good. Can we say then that every member of the body of Christ has a role to play, a function to perform? Mm -hmm. I think so. In fact, I think that is exactly what Scripture teaches. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I believe 1 Corinthians 12 would be a fine place for us to start when talking about finding your purpose in the body of Christ. Okay, Paul begins chapter 12 with this phrase, now concerning spiritual gifts. We're talking about spiritual gifts. And by the way, with that phrase, now concerning, Paul is answering a question that has been posed to him by the church in Corinth. So they've asked questions about marriage and sexuality, chapter 7, verse 1, about food sacrificed to idols, chapter 8, verse 1, about spiritual gifts, chapter 12, verse 1, and about the special collection for the saints in Macedonia. That's in chapter 16 and verse 1. Okay, so let's dig a little deeper and take a closer look at 1 Corinthians 12, those principles that are relevant for this podcast. First of all, I want us to notice verse 4. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes, there are varieties of gifts. Not all have the same gift. Now, he names the following gifts in this section, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, 
tongues and interpretation of tongues. Obviously, there are many different gifts. That's a lot. There's a diversity of gifts. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Paul is stressing the need and the value of diversity in this chapter. It's a good thing that people have different gifts, and more on that in a moment. So if we would apply this principle to ourselves today, we would say that we are not not gifted in the same way. And I think it's notable that Paul is talking about the necessity and value of diverse gifts. Diversity, not uniformity, is essential for a healthy church, according to Paul. Well said. I could not agree more. It's a gift. Oh, yes, it, pro- it certainly is <laughs> no, a gift. No, it's not. It's, That's it's yours. Insight. Insight <laughs> is a gift. Uh, another verse I want us to notice in chapter 12 is verse 7, where Paul writes that to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Of course, when he talks about manifestation of the Spirit, he's talking about a gift that the Spirit has distributed to members of the church in Corinth. There are three things I, I want us to emphasize in this verse, verse 7. One is that each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit, each one. Actually, this principle is repeated numerous times in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's the principle that each one is gifted, that no one is left out. For Mm -hmm. example, look at verse 6. Paul writes, there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. Or verse 11. All these gifts are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. You're saying that this chapter teaches that each person is gifted, right? Right. So no one of us, no follower of Jesus can say, well, I just don't have any gifts. I don't have any abilities or any special skills. I think there are some Christians who do not believe they have anything to offer God or the church. I really think there's a lot of Christians that believe that, but it's just not true according to what Paul said in verses 6 and 7. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Each one is gifted. The second thing that I believe verse 7 teaches is that the Spirit of God gifts us as he chooses. And by the way, this idea is repeated often in this very same chapter. You might look at verse 11, for example. He allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. Or you might notice verse 18. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Now, I know this verse is talking about the human body, but Paul is obviously drawing a parallel between the human body and the body of Christ. God has gifted individuals in the church as he chose. And by the way, verse 24, I think, says the very same thing. I suppose there must have been some in the church at Corinth who wanted the gift of tongues specifically. I guess that was the gift du jour. So Paul feels the need to say that we should not be jealous of each other's gifts. The gifts we have are Mm God-appointed. And I think understanding this truth should eliminate all boasting, all envy, and all friction in the body of Christ. I agree. And so each one of us is gifted, and God has gifted us as he sees fit. Wouldn't you say that? I would, so, yes. So is there, another, is there another point that you see in verse 7? Yeah, I think there's a third implication in verse 7. Paul writes that to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 
Now, you noticed that last phrase, didn't you? It's mm-hmm. for the common good. That's a, that's a significant point. I think it is. That is, gifts are given for building up the community of faith as a whole. They are not given primarily for the benefit of the individual believer. Good point. Yeah. The purpose of the Spirit who gave the gifts or who gives the gifts today is not the gratification of the one who possesses the gift, but rather in order that the whole church might be edified. Okay. Now, one implication I see from this verse is that the church suffers if I do not use my gift. Who really is deprived if someone is not using his or her gift in the church? Who who are really the ones impoverished if a Christian does not use his or her gifts? And it's the church that suffers. Yes. It's the church that feels the loss. And, and that makes me realize that we just must use the gifts God has given us for the sake of others, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. And I think there's another implication coming out of this verse too, hun. It's really the opposite of what you just talked about. In the body of Christ, we are not to use our gifts for our benefit. Right. Now, I suppose we are benefited by using the gifts God gives us, but this should not be our motivation Our motivation should be to build up the church, to edify the church. It's for the common good. Hun, I hope we talk about how we identify our gifts in the future. I know we don't have time today, but, you know, I think sometimes people want to do things that they're just not gifted to do. Um, I think people sometimes are searching for their gifts and they may be trying to discover or they just really want to do something that they're not gifted to do. And, you know, if we follow the principles of 1 Corinthians 12, that's like me asking my eye to sniff or my ears to drink coffee. And, well, that would just be rather disastrous Mm -hmm. and probably result in an appointment with the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the same applies with utilizations of our gifts in the body of Christ. It's I think you're just right. not going to it's not going to pan out well. Not going to end well. No, it's not going to glorify God. Well, I think you raise a good point here is that sometimes people want to try something that that they're not gifted to try. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is uh, for personal reasons that they want to do it and they're not thinking about the church as a whole. That's what you're talking right. about. Sort of like putting a, a round peg in a square hole. It just doesn't fit. Well, or just assuming that anybody can do anything. Okay. And um, that goes against the principles of giftedness. Yes. And uh, I'm not talking against people that are trying to find their gifts. No. That's a whole nother conversation, how we need to help each other with that one. And nor are we saying that you shouldn't try something new. No, no. I mean, try something new. It may be you're gifted to do it and you don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, someone that may want to lead singing, uh, there's some things we know. You know, if they're a new Christian and don't know any any songs, that's probably not a good plan for them, or no. they can't carry a tune in the bucket. No, probably probably <laughs> that, not. I mean, that's pretty obvious, you know, on that. But I think there's a lot of things that people are, they just need help in identifying their gifts. And their, and we need to remove the expectation that anybody can do anything just Absolutely. because they say they can. Yep. And that's, that's not for the glory of God, and it's not for building up the body. Well, you know, you raise that illustration of a human body and And by the way, uh, we come to that in verse 14. I mean, Mm -hmm. Paul writes, indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Mm -hmm. Now, I think Paul has in mind the human body here, but of course, he's using the human body as an illustration 
of how it is in the body of Christ, the church. And once again, he is arguing for the need for diversity. Right. Diversity is necessary in the human body, and it's also necessary in the body of Christ. And by the way, aren't we glad that there is a diversity of members in the human body? You know, if the whole body were an eye or an ear or a nose, that'd be kind of freakish. Again, all the members of the body are necessary if there's to be a body, not a monstrosity. Yeah, right. Exactly. I can't even imagine. So again, uh, no follower of Christ should say, I don't have a gift. I don't have anything to offer my church or my God, because that's just not true. Right. Each member of the church is necessary to the healthy functioning of the church. And all the gifts that all the members have are needed. Right. Paul is talking about the human body in these verses, but the application to the church is just extremely obvious. The church has need of the various members, and no member is to feel that he or she is not a part of the body merely because he or she cannot do what other members are doing. Yes. I wish we could get that point across in all of our churches. Everyone is needed. Right. Because everyone is gifted. Right. And maybe we elevate some gifts over others, and that's where part of the problem is. Yeah. And by the way, Paul addresses that very point in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, doesn't he? That's right. He says that the very members of the body that we think are dispensable are indispensable. Mm -hmm. So what does that say about members in the church who think that they have nothing to offer? I was talking to a church office manager today, and I cannot imagine how that church would hold together without her. Mm -hmm. But uh, her work is not known. It's not front and center. Uh, But her giftedness and what she does, mercy be, that church would not do well without her. What she offers that church, according to Paul, is just as important, just as needed, just as significant as what the preacher offers, as what the elders offer, as mm-hmm. what anyone else in that church offers, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. Okay, why don't we wrap this up? Let's review the principles that Paul is discussing in 1 Corinthians 12. I think it's important. Number one, there are varieties of gifts, and all of those diverse gifts, they're all necessary. Number two, God distributes the gifts as he wills. And number three, Gifts are given and should be used for the common good, for the health and growth of the church. And you left off one very important principle we were just talking oh. about, and that's each one of us is gifted. Okay, yes. And when one of us fails to use the gifts God has given us, well, the church is the loser. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Any closing thoughts? Of course you do. Well, sure. Uh, Why do I ask that? You know, our listeners may be wondering, honey, why we have been discussing gifts and 1 Corinthians 12 when we started by talking about the need for each of us to find our purpose Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ. It really wasn't a rabbit trail. No. (laughs) Uh, And maybe they're they're not wondering at all about the relationship between these two ideas. But in case they are, here is the relationship. Our purpose in the body of Christ will depend in large part on the gifts of that God has given us. Mm -hmm. So if we can identify our gifts, we are well down the road to identifying our purpose in the church. And eventually we want to talk about how to identify one's gifts, one's abilities, one's talents, what one has to offer the church. But in our next episode, why don't we talk more, talk more about gifts and giftedness. Sounds good. 
And please remember, folks, remember this. We're here to help you in any way that we can. Right. We exist to support you and to help you care for your church. In fact, you might just see us as sort of uh, church care specialists. Right. I like that. Or, or church health specialists. I like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a question you would like us to address on this podcast, or if you'd like some, some clarity on something we have said, or if... We can help you as a church leader in any way. Please don't hesitate to contact us. So until next week, may God bless you and your service in the church for him and how you glorify him. 